Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, joined right now by Mike Craven. And uh, Mike's been uh, taking a peek at this old Baylor-TCU rivalry. Mike, how's it going today? Good, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. This other story, though, has grabbed my attention that you were uh, tweeting out about three hours ago. Um, I think uh, Corey Hogue Sports, uh, at Corey Hogue Sports, had this. That East, what did East Texas Baptist? I mean, I hate to see some Baptists perhaps uh, taking liberties, doing some illegal activities during a uh, during a road game. What what ex- what exactly happened there? What what the illegal electronic device is this? Is this sort of an Astros like behavior? Yeah, I think they were trying to uh, kind of do the NFL thing where they had a voice in the helmet up until snap, you know, type of deal. And as soon as East Texas, you know, to, to East Texas's credit, when they figured it out, they kind of let go of that coach, self-reported themselves to the conference. And so everything's going to be good there. But, yeah, from everything I've heard and, and read and talked to East Texas about, it's kind of just a rogue coach uh, trying to get a little bit of an advantage, and he got caught. My goodness. I mean, we're talking what is that division three football, and we got we got a coach trying to. I mean, that is really something. Um, now, Mike, this is uh, these frogs end up uh, uh, coming to Waco. Uh, big noon kickoff is going to be there. We were we were pretty surprised at Baylor because you know four loss team. Like, really, you're gonna you're gonna send the big noon kickoff, but it's going to happen. It is a great rivalry. Um, I don't know who coined it. Do it? Did you? Did, you, did we try during the story you wrote? Uh, uh, did you? Did we ever come across like who? I mean, because it is a nice name for it. When when TCU came back or joined the Big Twelve, Baylor and TCU started playing again, and it resumed one of the longest um, um, you know rivalries in the country. And they they started calling it the revivalry, and it works nicely because of the two church schools. Do we know who coined that? I, I tried to figure that out when I was putting the story together, and nobody could come to a consensus. Baylor had a few answers. TCU had a few answers. None of them matched, and so I kind of left that one, that one out of the story. But it is a great name. It is a fantastic name, and whoever did come up with that needs to claim it because it, it was a great rivalry name. Well, I mean, Mike, I think I'm going to go ahead and claim it. Uh, there are a couple things that were that I, I I'm the one who started saying, you know, calling Floyd Casey. Let's go to the case. I mean, I've had a few over the years that really caught on, but I I didn't I didn't like uh, copyright anything. Okay, and so I I may I may see if I can get a copyright for the revivalry, but it works well. It works well with the uh, and I like the the people you talk to. Uh, for this thing, um, it, it, it's, um, Josh Carraway was one of the first ones, uh, listed in the story and it said it was like a brother sister relationship, but neither of us like each other. I guess that does happen in some sibling, uh, type things, but it's, uh, it's interesting how the coaches over the years have set the tone and the coaches now are really interesting because they're so different, but with art, and and Gary Patterson, they were both they were different too, but man, the the dislike that grew and grew in some of the post game stuff. I mean, have you noticed, uh, Mike, that Gary always <laughs> wherever Gary is, there's always a little something happening in the post game uh, that gets I, under Gary's skin. <laughs> I, 
I think Gary likes that. Like, I, I think yeah. he uses that as motivation. The same way you always hear, like, Michael Jordan talking about being slighted, even though everybody considers him the greatest player of all time. He still would find mm-hmm. ways uh, to motivate himself. I, I think GP's the same way. And talking to some of those TCU players, they said that. They would be like, you know, I don't know how real it was, but he used it to motivate us, whether it was, you know, something that really bothered him or, or something he manufactured to kind of get us up for that game. Um, you know, it was there. And I, I think the parallels to now aren't necessarily the coach drama because neither of these guys are wired that way. I, I don't think Dave Aranda is wired like Art Briles. I, you know, I don't think Sonny, or I know for a fact Sonny, Dy- Sonny Dykes is not wired like Gary Patterson. Uh, but I do think they have some similarities in the fact that, you know, it's offense versus defense. Dave Aranda is a, a defensive specialist by trade. Sonny Dykes is an offensive specialist by trade. And so you get to see kind of their – their main events go at each other, you know, every single year. And, and that was what I always liked about the Bryles Patterson stuff. I, I'm an outsider, so I didn't really have a ton of use for their kind of drama back and forth. I always kind of think a lot of that stuff's manufactured from coaches uh, to psych up their locker room. But it was always fun to watch, you know, the Art Bryles offense go up against the Gary Patterson defense. And there were stakes involved. And I think that's what makes it a big deal. If two coaches hate each other and both teams are four and eight, nobody cares. But if you're competing for Big 12 championships, conference championships every year, it becomes a big event. And with Texas yeah. and OU leaving the Big 12, there seems to be a void in terms of a marquee rivalry game. And with Baylor being the defending champion, TCU 10 and 0, and already you know, in the Big 12 championship game, it just kind of seems to me that TCU-Baylor, if these two coaches stay on the same trajectory, could become the game that decides the Big 12, you know, in a lot of years over the next 5 to 10. Did Spencer Drango really suggest to you that, and did he seem believable that, and I I know he's quoted in here in your story uh, saying he didn't know anything about the, the, in the photograph, that he would be, of course, he was number 58, and Jarrell Broxton, who's a big guard, if I remember correctly, big old huge offensive lineman, was wearing number 61, and it was the ultimate troll. So that would have been the team picture. I don't know if it was the following spring or whenever it was taken, but the Bears, and then it, it kind of blew up and became a story. Did, did, does, does, do, do those folks, when you talk to them about it, kind of smile about it as they're um, maintaining that they didn't mean to do it, it was a coincidence? Because to me, there's probably no way that's a coincidence. He was, he was adamant that the players didn't know. And I've known Spencer since he was like 12 years old because he played football <laughs> with my brother Peter Park in high school. And so I think he would have told me if he really did mean it. Now, he did admit he doesn't know if it was planned to bug him. If Art Bryles had gotten to the photographer and told him they wanted to do that, he did not know. But in terms of player stuff, he said the photographer was like a British dude that they could barely understand. And he was just throwing them together and they did it by classification and they just put 58 next to 61 and it worked out that way. And he swears, he swore to me that he did not realize that it was even a thing until it blew up on the internet. And then they realized it, but I'm with you. I, he also (laughs) said, nobody ever believes him, you know? And so I, I think I'm in that boat as well as where I, I don't know if I believe him or I at least believe, that uh, the people above him, Art Bryles, the photographer, I, I do think that that was probably – that just seems too good, right? It seems way too yeah. good to be – I'd kind of like to for you to track down the British photographer. I didn't realize we had many British photographers in the in Central Texas. I'd like to I'd like for him to be accounted for in this story. Uh, the, the, this really is kind of a bragging rights. I kind of like what Billings told you, Andrew Billings. I mean, I'm trying to remember – 
he might have gotten – I think he probably did get recruited heavily by TCU. And if I thought hard enough, there have been some flips. Uh, he might have been one of them. He might have flipped. I'm just trying to think back. But uh, they, they were recruiting the same level of player. Now, Gary did it differently, but he and Art loved to take a certain kind of player and turn them into what they wanted. They, and so I do think that kind of, you know, add, added to it. And, and a lot of it goes back to the, 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 you know, and I don't think you even had time to get into all that. I mean, obviously, Ann Richards and, and Baylor getting in the Big 12 and TCU not, there's a tremendous amount of resentment from TCU. Now, that story's been written um, many times, so I think you did wisely by talking to all the players, but I, I do think you probably, in talking to people, I'm sure that came up, the the political aspects of this thing, because I think TCU, some TCU, TCU people uh, still hold a lot of contempt over how that thing went down. Yeah, it definitely feels like a bigger thing in Fort Worth. It wasn't something that any of the Baylor players, you know, talked about. And I, I didn't talk to any coaches. I didn't talk to um, any administrative people. I wanted to keep it about the players who played in that three-year period where, you know, Baylor versus TCU was the biggest game in the state and was a conference decider. Because my idea for the story was, you know, maybe it's going to get back to that. Let's see if the players, you know, think the same way. And, Really what started the story was I was doing a story early in the year about SFA and Sam Houston and how that rivalry is coming to an end. And they had played 97 times. And so I wanted to see who had played the most state-on-state state, you know, games in Texas. And Texas and Texas A&M were at 118, and I thought that was pretty obviously going to be number one. But what struck me was Baylor and TCU are at 117. So when they play this year, they're tying Texas and A&M. And since Texas isn't joining the SEC until at least 2024 – you know, the next time when TCU and Baylor play in 2023, it's going to be it's going to become the most played in that not yeah. a lot of people knew. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know TCU was in Waco for 15 years when they first started football, and that these teams played two or three times a year. You know, for the first 15, 20 years of their existence, I I didn't know that the original homecoming started in a yeah. Baylor versus TCU game, and so. Uh, I like when history and college football converge. It was a it was a fun story to write, and I learned a lot. And I hope people who read it, you know, learned a little bit too. Oh, and I'm sure anytime you bring that up, you mentioned that Missouri one. I think Missouri likes to claim it. I think theirs was 1911. There's some stuff mentioned about our homecoming in 1909. Uh, Mike, sometime we'll have to take a field trip and try to go find out exactly where Adran College was. I'd kind of like to know. When, and that obviously is what became um, known as uh, Texas Christian TCU. They were both in the same town, and I think, as you mentioned, they would some of those seasons they'd play like two or three times in the same season. Um, did you? Do you have? Do you? I, I bet our people, some of our historians listening, would be able to point us in the right direction on that. I know where like Paul Quinn College was because some of the. Some of the old buildings are still standing over there on Elm in Waco. Um, but I, I'm kind of curious, Mike, to where Adran actually was, you know, that, that college in town. I, I'm, I, 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 uh, I don't think there's probably any building or any artifacts left from that. Now, from what I could read or find, the reason that TCU left Waco is because their main building burned down. And uh, mm, then Fort Worth, mm. Fort Worth was basically yeah. like, hey, we'll pay for you. We'll pay for a new building if you move the college here. And so that's kind of what, you know, got yeah. got and ran uh, up to Fort Worth, basically, from what from what I could gather. There, I, I think we could start a conspiracy. The Fort Worth people may have burned it down 
trying to lure it, yeah, to Fort Worth. But, uh, well, this is going to be fun. And that that, uh, that matchup, I mean, TCU played spoiler last year. It was Chandler Morris uh, taking down the Bears. Bears have a chance to, to play spoiler on Saturday. Mike, do you have um, a, a good sense for this thing? Or, you know, TCU's only favored by two and a half, even though Baylor just got stomped by K-State at home. Makes me think Vegas thinks that K-State thing was more of an anomaly uh, and that the Bears will at least kind of hang around in this game. What is your gut telling you on this matchup as you kind of talked to people and looked at it? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with Vegas. You know, I, I still don't know if I completely buy TCU as this national championship contender, and maybe that's just some biases that I brought into the year not thinking. You know, they were 5-7 and seven last year. It's just hard to imagine that, you know, just a new coaching staff, some new energy in the building, you know, turns them into a 13-0 and 0 team. So, you know, it just feels like the odds are that they're going to get got one time before this thing ends, and, and a rivalry game yeah. seems to be the one where that's going to happen, you know, and uh, the last four meetings have been decided by an average of 6.25 points. So I think this one's going to be close. I think Baylor's going to, you know, I almost think it's bad for TCU that Baylor was so bad last week uh, because they're going to come out motivated even more. So, you know, you get beat 31 to three, uh, you have a lot to prove just as a man. Right. And so I, I think TCU is going to get Baylor's best shot. Rivalry games are always weird. TCU is on such a roll. Uh, I think this one's close. I think this one's weird. I mean, I would pick TCU to win, but I'm not at all surprised if this is the week that, that TCU gets upset because it just feels like it's bound to happen at some point. All right, Mike, always good to have you. The McLean family listens to this show every day, so give a shout-out to your, your bosses, okay, in Temple and Salado. Uh, if you want to say hi to them, they're out there listening to you. Well, I, I appreciate the paycheck every other week. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that keeps on coming. Uh, Mike, appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. All right, sir. Appreciate you. You bet. There he goes. Mike Craven joining us from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine as he's making his way around the state, but he took a long look at the revivalry is what we like to call it. Aaron, do you have any revivalry gear? I feel like I've maybe had a T-shirt or something. I got to say, TCU people are doing really well with those hoodies and stuff. And I know it's easier when you're having one of those undefeated type, unbelievable seasons. Everybody wants to buy your stuff. But I got to say, that that stuff they outfit the uh, coach with is really cool. That House of Duggan, Aaron, you got to admit, that's pretty cool. I actually haven't seen it. But, you know. No, I mean you've heard of it, right? No, no, I actually haven't. Aaron, I've got, I've got to talk care. to you. I've got to, no the house. The, anyway, House of Dragons is the uh, a very uh, famous HBO show that's the the uh, prequel to Game of Thrones. And so Sonny Dykes has uh, each week he has this new hoodie, and so one of the really cool hoodies. And I don't know that they've mass produced these for the TCU people. It said House of Duggan, and it had Max Duggan on it. Really kind of cool apparel. Hey, hey, what are we supposed to wear? Maybe I'll ask uh, Matt Bur- Burchett when he comes on. Um, Aaron, do you know what color we're supposed to wear on Saturday? I hope we can just wear whatever we want. How about we, don't, how about we not do a blackout is going to be my suggestion for this one. All right, it's something called Campus Confidential. Lots going on in college athletics, including the cheating. Folks from East Texas Baptist 
That's all next. The Baylor Coaches Show. This 